Welcome to the Unsweetened Sayo podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsayo.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast, episode 120. And I am trying something a little different today. Definitely multitasking here. Um, I'm at the beach for the Thanksgiving weekend. It's Sunday, actually, and I wanted to post this for Wednesday's podcast, the 1st of December, and I realized I'm going to run out of time to do this, so I thought, well, why not do it while I'm walking on the beach? Um, So I hope that it's not too windy. It doesn't seem too bad. I'm wondering if you can hear the ocean, which is probably really nice if you can, but hope that the sound quality isn't terrible and I apologize if it is, but yeah, um, that's what I'm doing today. So yeah, I wanted to talk today about a couple different things. I want to talk about some of my favorite things right now. Um, you know, kind of like Oprah used to always do her favorite things at, (laughs) at Christmas time. I have some things that I want to talk about favorite, new favorite things I'm kind of doing. And also just about kind of this time and year in in general, I'm sending out a newsletter too. If you're not signed up for my newsletter, you can sign up on my website, um, unsweetenedsio.com. I just do a monthly newsletter. Uh, As far as like, you know, emails go, I send out one a month and then sometimes uh, extra email if I have something like a group coaching coming up and you're on the mailing list, you'll be the first to know about that as well. But um, I don't send like emails every day or twice a day or three times a day. I know that gets really overwhelming and tiring. So if you want, please sign up for my newsletter. I send it out once a month at the beginning of the month and just kind of talk about what whatever's going on. Plus, uh, I give a little preview of what the podcasts are for the month ahead and all that kind of stuff. But my theme of my newsletter this month is really about peace and being peaceful and taking some time for peace. You know, this time of year, it can be a really busy time for a lot of us, really overscheduled with holiday parties, get-togethers, gatherings, especially now that we're doing more of those things than we have, you know, like compared to last year especially. So um, it can be a time where we're super, super busy and stressed. A lot of us travel to see family, and that's always wonderful, but there's also being around some family can also be very triggering for a lot of people. Um, So there's just kind of all kinds of emotions going on this time of year. I think the holidays are just a very emotional, intense time for 
a lot of people, you know, maybe not for everybody, but for a lot of people, it is. Um, I also like to think that, you know, when I talk about miracles, I don't know, I always think Christmas is just like a magical time of year too, where anything can happen. I really believe in, you know, Christmas miracles, especially, but, you know, I know I talked about this in my uh, earlier episode this year about expecting miracles, uh, just how kind of my whole perception of miracles have changed since becoming sugar and flour free for almost four years. You know, January 13th will be my four year sugarversary. And that's still insane to me. That's been four years since I've had sugar and flour after being so addicted to it and just going through that cycle my whole life that roller coaster of diet binge diet binge uh, and just the mental warfare that goes in your goes on in your head of am I going to eat this am I going to not eat this and just how much of my time and energy was taken up by thinking obsessing about food you know so to me and I tried so many different things right like Oh, every single diet out there, every type of exercise, anything that I thought would be the magical solution to solving, you know, my problem with food, you know, did counseling, did, I mean, just all types of things, hypnotherapy and, you know, um, really was open and wanting to help myself. I just couldn't find the right combination of things that did it. So... To me, being able now to be sugar and flour free and just free of my addiction and in recovery and doing as well as I am really, really is a miracle um, to me. So I really believe in miracles. And I was thinking, you know, the other day I said, well, we only get one miracle in life and this is mine. I am really grateful that this was my miracle. I'd be totally fine with that. But I also don't think we should limit ourselves. I think, you know, when you think about abundance, there's enough for everybody. There's so much abundance out there. If we can just kind of get into that, um, get out of that scarcity mindset, like even that thought of, well, that was my one miracle. I'm glad it was that. That's just such a scarcity mindset where if you move into that more, oh, there's plenty of miracles for everybody, a lifetime of miracles for me and everyone else kind of changing your thought process to thinking more of those types of thoughts and getting more into that abundant state, um, it just feels so much better. And then I think, wow, what is possible, you know, right now? So I really think, I like to think about the magic of Christmas and the miracles and things that can happen this time of year. I mean, really any time of year, but something about Christmas especially just seems really, really magical to me. But there's also a lot of stress um, and feelings of overwhelm for people that are struggling with food addiction. I know that it's a really triggering time of year. Um, I actually talk about that a lot. You know, my first Christmas, I had basically been sugar and flour free for a year, but got very, very triggered um, just by kind of family traditions even that again, or things that were just so ingrained so deeply, I just didn't even think about it. 
Um, and I still have faint echoes, I would say, of those things, but not nearly as hard as that first Christmas was. Like, one thing that I really like is like peppermint bark, and you know, that's out like everywhere right now. And that first year, I remember that being really difficult, but now it's like, oh yeah, I remember having that, but, and I miss it somewhat, but at the same time, I don't miss how I felt when I was eating that stuff. I mean, I feel so much better now. It, if, you know, if I had the choice of, you know, yes, you could eat that way. Even if someone told me, you know what, you can eat, you know, all that sugar and flour again. And it not, say it didn't even, it wouldn't even affect my weight, but it would affect the way that I felt in my body and my mental health. It still wouldn't be worth it to me. It's the whole package. It's just not what I look like on the outside, but it's how I feel on the inside that's been such the bigger gift um, and just how free I feel and how much more I feel like myself again, like a light's been turned on back inside of me that's been turned off for such a long time. Like I just feel I'm living much more in aligned with what's for my highest and best than when I was caught in that struggle of addiction. So I, you know, I, I wouldn't give it up for anything, but I know that this time of year, it can still be hard like and i also just got my period today and i've noticed you know as i'm in my 40s and um my cycles are changing you know most of us by this age are in perimenopause and there's not a lot of people out there well now there is more so but it's not something you go to your doctor and they really talk to you about and to prepare you for like my um cycles have gotten shorter in between, you know, it's like um, getting my period and then my, but my symptoms have gotten worse. Like I have more PMS, a little more cranky, irritable, and I'm finding where for a while after giving up sugar and flour, I didn't have the same PMS like cravings, but now I do again. So last night I knew that my period was coming. I had a little bit of a headache, my boobs hurt, my lower back was sore, I was a little tired and I'd been like really kind of craving you know, food all day that I don't normally crave. And I also had this thought about Christmas cookies, these are my favorite ones, which are the peanut butter Hershey Kiss ones. I just hadn't thought about, that really triggered me the first year. And I hadn't thought about it the last few years, but it was like, I kept thinking I was smelling them um, and really wanted them, it was very bizarre. But again, now that passed, you know, it wasn't that same compulsion that would have made me like before giving up sugar and flour, I probably would have been like gone to the store, bought the materials and baked them no matter what the time of night would have been just so I could eat them. And then I would have eaten them all. You know, it's not like I just would have one. I would have eaten them to the point of being like completely sick and not even enjoying them anymore, which isn't fun. You know, it's like one thing when someone can like enjoy one cookie as a treat, but that was never the case for me. I'd have to eat the whole thing and it got past the point of pleasure, right? Until it was just a compulsion, I'd have to finish them all. And then I felt disgusting. And again, all the pleasure of that was taken out of it. So, and then would become, you know, the shame and the guilt that comes afterwards. So, you know, I don't miss that at all. But I did have that 
you know, kind of thought last night and thank gosh it passed and I got my period today and I feel already a lot better. But, um, you know, I think that we still are managing these things, even in recovery, it's not like life is gonna be perfect and easy. So it's always kind of being on your toes and prepared and just paying attention. It's like, you're kind of always on alert a little bit of just managing triggers and seeing kind of what's going on and learning more about your body. Um, I am hoping to have, um, I do have Nicole Jardim um, who's going to be coming on in the new year to talk about periods and hormonal health. She's really, really amazing. And I'm going to try to have some more um, people on like her just to really talk about the link, you know, between hormones and our overall health. And I think for a lot of us, um, that can be a really, really tricky time of year or time phase in our lives. And it's a long time. You know, perimenopause is like, can be 10 to 15 years. It can happen as early as 35 and can, you know, you might not be in complete menopause until you're like in your 50s. So it can be a very long process where we're getting more anxious, you get more depressed, you gain weight. I mean, just all these things. And, you know, the doctor might give you an antidepressant or an anti anxiety med, but not really addressing again, that's just like a band-aid, not getting to the root cause. And so much of this can be helped with, you know, nutrition and lifestyle. That's really like what I'm focusing on. But even I sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, but I do all these things and I'm still struggling sometimes. It doesn't seem fair. But then I try to think about if I weren't doing all these things, I'd probably be like way worse off. So um, just really kind of focusing on the things that I can make better. And, you know, one of those big things is managing our stress. And again, during the holidays, that can be a really, really stressful time. So in my newsletter, I kind of challenged everyone just to take some time to yourself, um, to disconnect, like give yourself permission to disconnect for a day or for an hour, or whatever you can schedule in. And maybe you can do like an hour a week, you know, where you're off your phone, you're away from your computer um, and really just spend some time with yourself in solitude. You know, I think that's really uncomfortable place for a lot of us to be, me included. You know, we're like kind of in this instant gratification now where like you, you know if you're waiting in line somewhere you don't just have to wait in line and be alone with your thoughts you can scroll through your social media or make a grocery list on your phone or you know it's just rare that we take these moments of time to just kind of be quiet and listen to what's going on so i really challenge everybody myself included you know, I have a very good friend here who <laughs> always teases me because I like to have a plan. And she's like, why don't you just have a plan not to have a plan and just be for the next month, like just be. And that's really what I'm trying to do is just be, still kind of feel whatever's going on and be really present in what's going on, but not worry so much about the past 
or what's to come and just really kind of focus on the present moment, which can be really, really hard. Um, so I challenge all of you to just take some time to yourselves, find some time for some peace and quiet. You know, that can just be at night going to bed a little bit early and, you know, lighting a candle and writing in your journal. Um, it's also a really, really good time of year to kind of reflect on your past year and make intentions, you know, for the new year. Like really kind of think about all the things that happened in the past year. And I like to journal and write about it. I just think there's some release to that when you can write things down um, and maybe make a list of things that went really well, you know, maybe things that didn't go as well, some challenges, and then some intentions for the new year of how you want things to be different, you know, maybe writing down a list of things that you really want more of in your life for 2022. So whether that be more love, more joy, more abundance, more money, you know, uh, whatever it might be, more connection, more community, more opportunities, career growth. I mean, whatever it is that you're really looking for, you know, make a whole list of everything that you'd like to grow in your life. And, you know, really put that intention in of making that happen in the new year and really start trying to think of ways that you can kind of cultivate these different areas in your life. And the first thing to really do is really focus on those things. Like I like to make a list and then I try to kind of find, say I write down joy. I mean, who doesn't want more joy in life? Maybe I write that down and then we'll have an intention. I kind of like to do these daily intentions where the night before, if I'm doing some journaling, I'm like, okay, for tomorrow, I'm really gonna focus on more joy. And then that's just kind of my word for the day. All day that next day, I just kind of bring myself back to joy and how can I feel more joy? And it's kind of like practicing. You got to practice these things, you know? Um, it's almost like a fake it till you make it kind of thing. And the more you practice having more joy, the more you're going to attract of that in your life. So even if you're not kind of feeling it in the beginning, um, you know, keep, you know, I'll, I'll just have different affirmations that I'll say to myself around joy, or I'll try to just spend the day at least finding one activity every day that brings me joy and then really holding on and focusing on that feeling and just letting it kind of soak in. Right. Um, so that kind of stuff, you really have to practice some of these things. You know, another one I do a lot is just more patience. You know, I'd like to be more calm, peaceful, non-reactive, um, and present, you know, especially with my kids, you know, I've really been, trying to work on that a lot where I'm just this kind of calm, steady, stable, safe haven for them, you know, um, where they can kind of come bring some of their big emotions to me. I can just hold space for them without it triggering me and just remain kind of in this kind of calm, peaceful place that then helps them become more calm and peaceful. 
Um, and again, a lot of times I fail at this, but it's something that I'm really working on and putting some intention in and practicing. And some days I beat myself up because it's like, oh, well, I just snapped at them. So that didn't work. But then I just remind myself it's a process. It takes practice. Like give myself a little self-compassion and let's just do it again, you know? Um, so there's kind of many, many different things that we can um, set intention around. And it's just really trying to kind of change your mindset around some of these things too. Like, um, again, if we're sticking with parenting, one of the affirmations I like to say to myself is like, parenting is rewarding and easy and comes naturally to me. Um, I love being a mom, you know, just those types of things. Um, instead of, wow, parenting is really hard, like which I think a lot of days, I just try to shift that um, and focus on that. And again, it's kind of like the more you say it, the more natural it will become, the more you really do begin to believe it and then live it and then attract it. So I hope that makes sense. Um, so I do think it's a really good time of year to reflect on, yeah, the, the past year and what you really want to be different in the new year or what you want to expand on, you know, hopefully we all had victories that we can celebrate this year too. And how do we just even expand those even more? So I think it's a really, really great time to spend some time with yourself journaling and then I also think though, on the other hand, it's just good to have some time to just do nothing. Like I put a lot of pressure on myself of, you know, with self-care, <laughs> like of, okay, I gotta do this and this and this and this, and I gotta journal and I gotta do this and I gotta remember my intention for the day. And, and some days it's just like, nope, I can't even do, I don't have the capacity for that today. I am just existing today, I'm just gonna be um and just see what's there today i don't have it in me today to do all these other things that i know are really good for me and that's okay some days too it's really kind of recognizing wherever you are and just meeting yourself there with some love and some compassion and some patience and i think that's so hard for a lot of us to do that so again that's something i'm really working on and would challenge you to, again, this December, find some time to do some inner reflection and also find some time just to be and to relax and disconnect and just not do anything. You know, a really great way of doing this. And one thing I'm so grateful for this year, as far as a victory, huge victory for me as I reflect on my past year is starting my group coaching programs. Um, I did my first one in May, really, really amazing experience. And now I'm doing my second one that started in October. And again, the women that are part of these groups have just really transformed my life, have inspired me and I have made me grown so much. Um, and I am just so grateful and find, I get so much, um, satisfaction and fulfillment out of doing these groups. And I'm really excited to continue these into 2022. And if it's something that you think you'd wanna be a part of, please reach out to me. I have a 
group coaching page on my website and you can contact me to kind of get on the wait list for the next one. I'm not sure when I'll do the, the next one in the new year, but I will again, because it's just, again, has been something that's been so, so, so much more rewarding for me than I ever thought. And I had always said, you know, if I was able to help myself, I really wanted to help other people. And so um, this is a way and the podcast too, that just has given so much back to me to be able to share and to help others. So I'm so grateful for that. And it's just been one of those things that I look back at this year being really, 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 really grateful for. But we were talking in my group recently about, um, you know, different ways to really take care of ourselves and, you know, kind of that whole self-care concept. And um, we were talking, a lot of us were talking about how important it is to spend time in nature. Like here I am right now on the beach. I'm just stopping for a second, looking at the ocean. The sun just came out. It's been like raining here. Yesterday I took my walk on the beach and got completely drenched, like soaked through to the bone. And I was like halfway through my like, and I take like an hour and a half walk. So I was kind of screwed, you know, halfway through. And I just embraced it, you know, felt the, you know, rain on me. And here now it's just this beautiful, sunny day. I hope you can hear the waves crashing and, um, you know, blue sky, a lot of clouds, but there is some blue in the sky and just being really present in that moment. And of course I'm multitasking. <laughs> so I'm kind of being a hypocrite right now, but why I like to come to the beach is to kind of, it's the whole experience in nature. It's the visual looking at the waves crashing, the color of the sky, the white clouds, the blue sky, the ocean coming in and out, hearing the waves in the ocean, and then smelling that salt water and that salty air. You know, it's a whole sensory kind of experience that really like brings you and grounds you down to the present moment. You know, it's hard for me to be at the beach and be in the past or the future because there's so many things that are anchoring me just to that present moment. You know, there's all these beautiful rocks and shells on the beach right now to look at. Um, and it really, again, is kind of calling to all of my senses. And then it's just also that magical quality too of nature where, especially looking at the ocean and not being able to see, you know, just seeing ocean for as far as the eye can see and just realizing just how um, massive, you know, the ocean is. It just really is a calming, um, peaceful feeling for me. And, you know, I know I, I don't get to go out to the beach every day, but I do try to get outside and walk every day. And I'm trying more and more to not necessarily be talking or doing a podcast <laughs> as I am today, or be listening to a podcast. I mean, I like to do all those things, but sometimes just to sit outside in nature or take a walk in nature and just be in that moment is so, so rejuvenating. Just feeling kind of the power of nature. And um, we talked about like, you know, one of the women mentions just like she likes to sit against a tree and just feel like on the back, the tree against her back. 
I mean, I even have my kids like hug trees. You can just kind of feel the power um, of earth, you know, when you're sitting in nature, hugging a tree, you can just kind of feel that life pulse, that life energy of feeling connected to everything in, you know, in the earth. It just is really, really calming, centering, and like I say, very restorative. So I think this is a really good way. Um, I know many of you probably live in snowy climates and just to like look out the window or sit outside and smell, you know, I feel like the smell of the snow, the feel of the cold, the visual of snow falling, hearing, you know, you can sometimes hear the snowfall or the crunch of your boots in the snow. Again, all these senses that you get to experience, even tasting, you know, a snowflake on your tongue. Um, so that's another good way of just really being in nature, appreciating the moment, um, and just feeling that greater connectedness, right? That we're all connected. So I think that's a really, really amazing way um, to spend a little bit of time being peaceful and being feeling connected and, you know, going inward. So many, you know, different ways to do that. But that's something that we've been talking about in the group where a lot of us just really kind of need that almost on a daily basis, like a daily dose of nature to help with our recovery. And again, I say that a lot living in the Northwest, especially this time of year, the weather is kind of, you know, crap. And so um, it's like especially important to me now to get outside and I'm turned around now. So I'm walking into the wind. So sorry if it's a little louder going this way, but I walked way, 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 way far. So I need to turn around or everyone's going to be wondering where I am. Um, but yeah, especially this time of year for me, so I don't get seasonal, that seasonal depression. I feel so much better. Even yesterday when I was in the pouring rain, getting drenched, being pelted, especially when I turned around and was walking into the wind like I am now. I was just getting like pelted, almost pushed backwards. But it still like made me feel alive, you know, in a way. Still loved the smell of the rain, the feel of it on my face. Um, it's, and, and luckily it wasn't freezing. That probably would have been miserable. But again, it just felt really, really good and invigorating. Um, so there are some days, you know, where it's cold outside. I don't feel like going out, but I'm always so glad when I do. I just bundle up, just get out there, take that first few steps, and I instantly feel lift and just feel so, so much better. So that's it about that. Really just try to spend some time this holiday season in peace and solitude too. Build in some quiet time just to disconnect from everyone and everything but yourself. And then also build in that time for reflecting and setting intentions for the new year. And then the other part of this you know, and why I like to write them all down. I kind of make a list and I do this around my birthday too, which is in the summertime. So it's kind of 
nice to do this two times a year. I set intentions for like, you know, the next year. I write them all down. And then the second part of really kind of manifesting these things is that is you have to let it go. You have to trust and surrender. And that's always been like the most difficult part for me because I have that mind that wants to plan, 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 control things. But I really am working on that of just kind of letting it go. And um, and that's what I invite for all of you to do too. Like once you put it out there, just really trust and surrender to the process of the universe or God, spirit, whatever you believe, making this happen in a way that's maybe, probably even better than what you ever could imagine. You know, so if we're trying to like control, well, I wanna manifest more money and I want it to happen this exact way, we might actually really be limiting ourselves. Um, you know, instead of just letting go and trusting that it's going to come back to us in a way way better than we could ever plan for ourselves. Like there's just real power in that surrender. So again, I really challenge all of you to do that this year. And then to also find some time to just get really present in nature and just feel really, really nourished by Mother Earth. So, um, all right, now I wanna talk about some of my favorite things that are coming up. First of all, I'm gonna start with the, I got a new mattress. And again, I'm not like paid for any of these opinions or just my opinions, you know, that's all. Take them if you want, but don't feel like you have to listen to me. I'm just giving my opinions, but I wanted, needed to get a new mattress. And this is the funny thing too about this. It's like, I was so, I didn't want to spend the money at first, you know, on a new mattress. And I'm like, but sleep is so important. And I talk about that all the time. It's such a huge part of relapse prevention and recovery is getting a good night's sleep, having a good sleep routine. You know, I mean, all the things that I say, like turning your bedroom into a sanctuary. And it really starts with your mattress itself. If it's not comfortable, you know, I was waking up with like back pain and I'm like, okay, enough, it's time. Let's get a mattress. And I reached out to some friends and really wanted to get like a non-toxic one. And the one I ended up getting was Satma, if I'm saying that right, it's S-A-A-T-V-A. And it was great because they come, they take the old mattress box, bring away, deliver the new, set it all up. They call it like white glove delivery. And it was a little more expensive, but it is the most comfortable bed I've ever slept on. Like I am sleeping so much better. It's ridiculous. Um, like from the time my head hits the pillow till I wake up, just sleeping so much better. I also got a new duvet and some new sheets. And again, like trying to take my own advice of really make that bedroom your sanctuary, really set yourself up for success here and have that bed as comfortable as possible. It's like one of my favorite times of day is getting into bed. It's just so heavenly now. So 
I cannot say enough about this being one of my favorite things. And if it's not the sattva, you need a new mattress. You really, it is worth the investment and it is worth getting this good night's sleep. Because again, when I'm feeling, it helps my stress level stay down. It helps me be more patient and loving and calm with the kids like I wanna be. When I get enough sleep, it helps me manage any kind of food cravings or hungry. I mean, I just feel so much better overall, more energized, happy. It's just so worth it um, for how much time that we spend sleeping in our lives to have a quality mattress. So, you know, um, and then I was also really proud of myself because when they came to deliver it, it was like a really rainy day. And I don't like, I like for people to take their shoes off in my house. You know, I'm just one of those people. But sometimes I have a hard time enforcing this, even though I'm like cringing when people are coming in with their shoes and imagining all the things that they're bringing into the house with them. And so these guys came and they're like, is it okay to keep our shoes on? And so many times I would have been like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then secretly like beating myself up for like, why didn't you just tell them to take them off? And I have to say, I was really proud of myself because you know, they had to go up the stairs. It was rainy and I'm just imagining there were like muddy boots up the stairs and just said, actually, can you take them off? And they're like, sure, no problem. And it wasn't even like a big thing. But so many times, I don't know if anyone can relate to that, you feel so guilty or like bad for inconveniencing these people that you're paying good money, especially in this case, like we're, I'm paying them to deliver this mattress. Um, but I wouldn't want to inconvenience them to take them to ask off their, take their shoes off, which took like two seconds. So I hope anyone listening can get a lesson in that, that I felt so much better <laughs> after having them do that. And it really wasn't a big deal. So I was pretty proud of myself for that. I'm trying to do more of those types of things as well. Um, so, and then another one of my favorite things is a book that my mom just gave me called Coffee Self-Talk by Kristen Helmstetter. And it's like her father-in-law, forget what his first name is now, but he's basically like the father of self-love and self-care. And she writes this book on um, kind of the setting, like we've kind of been talking about daily intentions in the form of daily like affirmations but pairing it with your coffee like i don't drink coffee and i kind of was already doing this which daily affirmations but i do it when i get out of the shower i use my young living joy essential oil spread some on my heart and on my fingertips and i say all these affirmations that i have in my phone um set as reminders and i just start listing all my affirmations you know, as I inhale and exhale and kind of smell the joy lotion and I or the oil, and I love that. And this is kind of this, a similar concept, but doing it um, with your morning coffee and writing them down or writing them on the notes in your phone or whatever. And just a really a good way, again, to start changing that self-talk and how we really talk to ourselves and how important what I like is she'll explain in a lot greater detail than I can why that's so important too. You know, it kind of goes along nicely with everything else I've been saying today, but she'll really get more 
into the nitty gritty of it, of why it's so important, why it works so well for people, and um, give you kind of more tips on how to do this. And I think for a lot of people that do have coffee, you know, usually are really looking forward to your morning cup of coffee, or for me, it's my hot lemon with water. So now I do my, still do it with the oil, because I love that. But then I've been doing it as I drink my hot water and lemon too. And just really kind of, you know, focusing on these things that I want to manifest in my life or that I want to be true. Like I'm a calm and loving presence and safe haven for the kids or, or whatever. Um, you know, I am joyful and radiate light, love, joy, happiness. You know, all kinds of things like that. Whatever you're saying could even be, I am a money magnet and attract abundance easily and effortlessly. And just reading this whole list and how it can really change your whole day around, you know, how important it is instead of being like, oh, I'll never be enough. I'll never make enough money. I'll never be happy. I'll never have the job I want. I'll never meet someone that loves me, you know, whatever. It's shifting that because once you're in that negative mind, that's what you're attracting, you know, with the law of attraction. So trying to shift that, this is a really good practice and way to do it. So I highly recommend that book. Um, it also comes with like a companion book that's more like a journal um, where she kind of like talks you through on how to do it. So I would suggest getting the regular book first. And if you really like it or need some additional help of putting the practice, you know, into like a daily practice for you, then you can, you know, buy that kind of companion guide that goes with it. But that is really, really, really important. Um, and something that I notice a big difference for myself. And like I said, I love doing it with my oil um, and it, but just spending a few minutes every day and then just again such a good way to start your day off so that's something that I love and kind of number two almost along the same vein is something that I was just introduced to with my recent podcast guest Molly Carmel um, if you haven't listened to that episode, please do. She's amazing. She's got a podcast as well um, that she's really trying to promote. So check out her podcast. Uh, she has a book about breaking up with sugar. And then she does what is called, and what she introduced me to, In 10 Saudi. And if you go to the episode um, with her, or I'll, and I'll try to remember to link her her website again, but if you go to the episode I interviewed her, I have her website there, or just Google Molly Carmel, and she has a tab about in 10 Saudi, and it's basically something that really helped her along her own journey, kind of like emotion code was so pivotal to me, and why I got certified in the emotion code and body code, just because of the huge impact it had on my own recovery and now in my, you know, recovery life um, and help me, you know, stay in recovery. It's just so critical for me. 
as one of my tools. But for her, she really, you know, kind of had this friend that told her about it, went to a class very begrudgingly because it just didn't sound like her thing, and then ended up just loving it so much that she got certified and is now offering it as well. And she does it every Tuesday just via Zoom. You can sign up on her website. It's 8 a.m. though, Eastern time, so 5 a.m. Pacific time, which is a little tough. But then also once a month, she does a um, 9 a.m., so a little bit late, actually 10 a.m., 7 a.m. on the um, West Coast. So 10 a.m. East Coast, one Sunday a month. And the first hour, two hours, the first hour, she has her group about divorcing diets and talking about kind of the diet culture. And it's very informative. And then the next hour is the intense body. And what intense body is basically is just movement, the type of exercise, light movement. I wouldn't say anything really like um, vigorous, just kind of light mo movement with affirmations set to it. And she explains it better in the podcast. So listen to that for more information. But again, it's something really beautiful about saying the intentions and then moving your body with it. Like makes it even more powerful, more impactful. So again, there's so many different ways, really close to the coffee self-talk here. I mean, really so many different ways that you can do this find one that really resonates and works for you. But I did the last Sunday, I guess it was, I did the, the monthly um, one where we did the, you know, hour discussion first where Molly really talks about, you know, each week's different. It was very interesting, you know, just about the diet culture and how to get away from that. And then we did this movement and affirmations, and it was just really beautiful. Um, I really, really, really loved it. And I love Molly. I mean, she reminds me a lot of Bitten Johnson, who I also love, just for being really straightforward, talking about and telling things how they are with no apology. Really blunt, direct. I'm from the East Coast. That really works for me. And it's just like this no-nonsense approach, you know, to understanding sugar addiction, to getting it, helping yourself. But both of these people, Bitten and Molly, also have so much love and passion and compassion of really helping others and really caring for other people. So I just love how passionate they are too. So check that out if that sounds interesting. Molly, Carmel, the intense body. Um, and I think the weekly one is a recommendation of $15, but you, you kind of pay what you want to pay. So she doesn't want to limit it to, to people that can't, you know, she wants it to be open kind of and affordable for everyone. So something really, uh, to think about doing. And then, oh gosh, I'm like at the end of my time here. So I'll just say one more and then. If I think of some more, I might tag them on to January. But the other thing I really wanted to talk about, favorite things-wise, um, was glucose, continuing glucose monitor. And I'm going to go more into this in January. But 
Um, I did this in November of 2019. I got the doctor to give me a prescription for one. My insurance paid for some of it. I had to pay for the rest. So it is a little more spendy. I forget. I might have spent like a hundred and something dollars. Like maybe 125, I forget. But I still have, I did it for two weeks with one, and now I have another one that I still need to use. So I'm going to start this December 1st, which is when this podcast comes up, for two weeks and really kind of get in a good some data on my blood sugar and see when it's spiking, when it's not. Um, just such a good way to get information. And I, if you haven't listened to my recent podcast interview with Danielle Hamilton, please listen to that. She talks all about insulin resistance and blood sugar. And then she has a really good, her podcast is called Unlock the Sugar Shackles. And I think it's episode 68. She talks about the continuous glucose monitor or another kit that can actually prick and test your blood glucose levels. Um, and just kind of how to do it, why it's important, and what you can, like, information you can learn about yourself. Because we're all so different. Just a little example of when I did this last time, it's actually when I was in Disneyland, too. And some of the interesting things that I found was one of the only times my blood sugar really spiked, like, 40 points or whatever, was after eating an apple completely by itself. Then the next day, I ate the apple with some peanut butter. It didn't, it, it's like, like 10, you know, like barely at all. Um, same with eating it with nuts. It was like, I really found if I paired fruit, especially with some kind of healthy fat and protein, so like peanut butter for me, I know some people can't do nuts, but it was just really fascinating to me how that changed my numbers so much. And that could be different for everybody. This is why it's such a powerful tool. And so many people are talking about it now and recommending that you do this, not just for people with diabetes, you know, but really for anyone just to be able to see what your blood sugar is doing after you eat. Or for some people they found, wow, I go on a five mile run and my blood sugar shoots up like crazy. And, but then if I do weight training, it remains steady. It just gives you all this information personalized to your own body. So you're not trying to, you know, again, what works for one person isn't gonna work for everyone. This is such a way to get instant feedback of what is working for you or what's not working for you. There's so many practitioners now that are almost like recommending or I don't want to say making people do the glucose monitor, but really, really highly recommending it because it's just such good data. And again, that same Nicole Jardim, who I'm going to be interviewing um, about the menstrual cycle and hormonal health, also really talks about the importance of a glucose continuous monitor um, using one and her experience with it, especially, and she has a podcast too, where she talks about an episode about this as well and how it fluctuates, you know, during your, your cycle. So, um, 
that's something that I'm gonna really look at and see, you know, if anything's changed. Because again, this is almost two years ago now that I did it. And it also gives you a really accurate, like what's your fasting blood glucose level? You know, like a lot of times the doctors will say as long as it's under a hundred, it's really good. But most people, um, and like Danielle Hamilton says that too, we're really looking for it to be under 85, you know, in the morning, first thing in the morning. Um, and everyone's baseline is going to be a little bit different. So what happens when you eat something? What happens like half an hour later, an hour later? What happens if you eat a meal and then go on a walk versus you don't go on a walk? I mean, there's just so many different things that you can test and experiment. So that's what I'll really be doing in these two weeks. Um, and it will be pretty much after my cycle by that point. So I will probably do it another time where I really try to get like that mid, because it, it lasts for like two weeks, one of these. But if I could get somewhere between mid cycle to end of cycle, I think would be really, really fascinating too. And seeing those changes and how much can fluctuate just because of our hormones. So anyway, that's something also that I really, if you haven't thought about doing, you should start considering and researching. I will link those episodes that I mentioned with both Danielle Hamilton talking about it on her podcast and how she does it and how she recommend what, recommends what to do and also what Nicole Jardim recommends um, and her podcast on it, just so you can kind of have two different explanations. But I'm sure there's a lot out there about it right now, especially in the sugar addiction world. There's so many coaches and practitioners that are really encouraging this as a really, really helpful tool for people. So I hope that's helpful to everyone. Sorry I went a little longer today, but um, thanks for walking with me on the beach too. I hope it wasn't too distracting, but I still probably have like 45 more minutes to walk back and I'm just gonna take some time to be quiet and just enjoy the beach and being in the present moment. So happy holidays to all of you. I hope you have a wonderful month and I'm so grateful for all of you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember, life is so much sweeter without sugar. <laughs>